Welcome to Answer the Call with Kelsey Kemp. That's me. I am a career coach helping Christians discern their calling and boldly create a career that's aligned with it. So you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. My mission is to help you find yours so you could run the good race. And when you finally meet your maker here, well done, good and faithful servant. On this podcast, you'll hear me interview guests from all walks of life who have boldly answered God's call throughout their career. And you'll also hear from me, providing in-depth strategies, trainings, and biblically-backed career advice from my perspective as a career coach and also just as someone who's passionate about striving to align my life with God's intended purpose for it, according to what He says in the Bible. I'm so grateful you're here to join me in answering the call, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, I want to talk about one scary fact, and that is that most of us are truly operating under false assumptions about what we're capable of doing in our careers. That has huge implications, huge limiting effects that I'll get into but I'm not even sure I have to because I'm sure that you feel them in some capacity. I'm inspired to talk about this because I see it all the time, especially uh, from people (laughs) in one of these two camps. Camp one being my career coaching clients who genuinely start to wake up to their calling, but they are actually resistant to letting themselves pursue it or to give themselves permission to admit what they are really feeling called to do because the simple fact is they just don't believe they could really accomplish what they think God is calling them to do, or they don't really think it's going to be a real option for them, or I must be making this up. That sounds too crazy, Um, but I'll adjust all those things in a minute. But the second camp that I see is of people who count themselves out of career coaching with me in the first place because they believe it's going to be a fruitless endeavor. (laughs) Why? It's because both of these groups are struggling with any number of the following limiting beliefs. One being, and I see this especially with Camp 2, of the people who are like, oh, I, I don't think I, I'm appeased by the concept of a calling, but the simple fact is I don't think I have one because maybe I hear this, maybe other people have a calling, but I just honestly don't think I do, or I fear that I don't, because maybe it's just for the people who are special or did everything right. And maybe I've either missed the boat or I wasn't meant for a career that's really purposeful in the first place. I kind of hear this in a few versions, maybe like some one person, they were telling me that they were dissatisfied with their career, but they were like, have you heard of um, Jeff Bezos's uh, philosophy that there are, I think he said like 1% are the visionaries and then like, I, I think he said 3% are like the implementers of that cool vision and then 96% or I'm misquoting, but something like that are just the worker bees. And I had to ask him, do you, are you excited to live up to that definition? Like, is that something that you want to embrace and believe in your life, assuming the identity of the worker bee? Uh, no hate to worker bees. I really do prize and honor 
just plain hard work and that not every day is going to be inspiring. But I thought that was so interesting. He was really holding on. And I see this with plenty of other people just kind of holding on to this, like, I guess I, I really am defeated about this. And I don't think I have a calling. I don't think that I could feel like God is really breathing life into my career and giving me a, a purpose and uh, energy behind what I'm doing. And if you believe any of the things that I've mentioned, I'll just say, go ahead and check out episode three of this podcast in which I talk about the difference between your primary and secondary callings, because I do specifically address the myth that only the special people are called. So I just want to blow that right out of the water. But another thing I hear people struggling with is this thought that I want something different for my career, but I think I'm stuck in the line of work I'm I have pigeonholed myself into because of what I majored in in college or what I got internships in or my first few jobs in. So basically, I'm stuck to the trajectory that my current resume says that I have to be on. Um, and it's too late to switch industries or jobs now. And the simple truth is, uh, and I don't want to like get into the details of addressing each one of these limiting beliefs, because I'll talk in a minute about how to address them in general, but I can't help myself. I have to just say the simple truth on this one is you can start now. You can get creative and get your foot in the door anytime you set your mind to it. So why not start now? (laughs) Uh, Why let the first few years of your career or your career endeavors let you feel stuck for the next 40 Goodness. Uh, Sorry, I I get a little fired up about that one because I once felt that and I just want for people to um, be free from that limiting belief. But just quickly, two other uh, little limiting beliefs I hear all the time are, sure, I'd love to be a journalist or, you know, I'd love to have a bed and breakfast of my own, but I just can't up and do that now when in reality you really can start uh, small somewhere? Like what is the essence of what you want from those careers? How can you start at the task level to start to build up some experience? Um, and that will inherently be satisfying as you are doing tasks related to building up that future dream, but you can start now. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, last one I want to mention is how can I get another job when every job posting on LinkedIn requires years of experience in the exact same industry and job role that I would be applying for to get a start in the industry itself. I ran into that frustration big time when I was kind of on the job hunt. Um, But Instead of going more into my more technical step-by-step responses to each of those limiting beliefs and kind of getting you in the logic side of the conversation, I'm fully aware that y'all are all smart, competent people that, you know, you hear me out and you understand the logical side of the uh, of these, uh, my responses to these limiting beliefs, but With all of us, I know that you can relate to the struggle we feel in that there is head knowledge with uh, that are uh, serve as a response to the emotional pain that we feel, but it is a journey from head to heart to heal the emotional side behind what is holding us back. So that is what I want to address in this podcast episode. 
I am going to be addressing the and educating you on the four different types of mental roadblocks that might be holding you back in your career and to give you the tools to move past them so you could have a realistic yet more optimistic view of what career options are actually possible for you. Because first and foremost, before just addressing any technical sides of the job application process, which I could do another time, um, we first and foremost need to address the mental and emotional side that makes you believe you will always be stuck in a career you don't enjoy. So If there's anything that I've learned from studying people's careers that I deeply admire or uh, walking through the career coaching process with clients or even what I've learned from my own career or heck, even what I see in the Bible, it is this. Sometimes belief is all that matters. crazy. But hear me out. More specifically, what I mean is the way you carry yourself and the actions you take because of the strength at which you believe something to be true is the key component or predictor that you will actually be able to achieve the desire that is related to that belief, if that makes sense. So because, you know, the energy you have behind a belief, this strength at which you believe it, kind of uh, inspires the action that you'll take and the way that you carry yourself in that action. And that really does influence your uh, the results that you get, sometimes more than anything else. So belief is so, so important, which is why I want to address the emotional and heal kind of the emotional blocks you might feel um, in your career. So... If you're like me, though, thinking like, oh my gosh, is she going to give me a load of pithy motivational crap? No, I am not. I acknowledge that there are some valid limitations we all run into from time to time. But more often than not, you might not want to hear this, but I, I bet that somewhere deep inside you know it. The limits we perceive are most of the time self imposed. Or if, you know, if it is actually a valid limit that you, you know, if you think you're limited by something that's actually valid, it might just be a roadblock for now, not forever. Like you could get around it. (laughs) Um, And by no means do I mean for this to be a guilt trip. Gosh, we, I'm sure if you're anything like me, you experience enough guilt and self-condemnation enough. Um, But I want to bring this up to give you the tools to help you heal and be gracious with yourself and move forward with the calling you have received. And remember that there is no condemnation. I just said that weird. Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live according to the spirit and not the flesh. And if you're like, lady, what are you talking about? Read Romans 8. I'm sure that you've already read chapter 8, but, you know, read it again. Memorize it even. It is an awesome passage in the Bible, but uh, that goes all more into that, um, being free from condemnation. But anyway, to get back to the purpose of this episode, which I mentioned is to educate you on the four different types of mental roadblocks that might be holding you back in your career and to give you the tools to move past them so you could have a realistic view of what career options are actually possible for you, which is actually going to be an expanded, more optimistic view if you follow these steps. Um, 
And since I am going to be giving you some transformational practical steps, as always in this episode, if you're like me and listening to this while driving or washing dishes, I summarized all of the key points and created a step-by-step guide to help you move past your limiting beliefs that you could download for free in the show notes. If you're like me, if it's for free, it's for me. So go get it. So you don't have to be worried about taking all the notes. Just kind of uh, listen through this episode thoroughly, uh, glean the main points, get the gist of everything, and then click on that link in the show notes or otherwise known as the kind of details section of this episode. If you're on iTunes, that's it's listed as the details. Um, and you could click the link to download the guide for free. So you get the summary, get the key points, get the extra exercises. Um, And so if you listen to this episode attentively and go through the free worksheet linked in the show notes, you will start to experience a dramatic expansion of what you believe is possible for your career. Let me be clear. I am not promoting a name it and claim it prosperity gospel. Goodness, no. Um, So you could just go out with a sky's the limit attitude for your own sake. Rather, I am sharing this information to help you move past the limiting beliefs like the ones Moses had in the book of Exodus when he argued with God that he couldn't go to Pharaoh to try to free the Israelites because he wasn't an eloquent speaker. That is a golden example of an eloquent belief. Uh, Arguing with God himself, like, no, I can't do this. Um, So it's my goal to help you have um, a Christ-like redemption of like moving through these limiting beliefs, not just so you could do whatever you want, you know, Um, not considering God's specific unique will and calling for your life. But anyway, before I just dive into the specific psychological tools to help you move past those four types of mental blocks that I'll talk about, I want to first equip you with scripture because I genuinely believe that's more transformative than anything else. If you're really in the word, it is such a gift. Um, But the first passage I want to bring up is that bit about Moses that I mentioned. So you could find that. I highly recommend reading Exodus chapters three and four and everything, but you know, those two specifically. Um, And because if you're thinking, who am I to do this? If you have kind of a specific direction in your career that you're feeling nudged towards by God, but you're like, oh my gosh, who am I to do this? Then you'll relate to this story of Moses going back and forth with God at the burning bush. So I'll start Exodus chapter three, verse 11. Who am I, this is Moses speaking, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this is the sign to you that it is I who I've who have sent you. Um, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And amazing. I mean, God, it's just, let this stick with you that God says, I will be with you. Don't worry about that. Um, and moving on to jumping a little bit ahead in the back and forth between that passage and later on in chapter four, um, God is proving to Moses that, no, really, I will provide. I will um testify that it is the one true God that you are speaking on his behalf and he shows him miracles. He turns his rod into a snake. He turns his hand leprous and then heals it. God is showing through miraculous signs. No, 
I am the one to be trusted. If I tell you to go, then go. But yet still we get to Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 12, in which Moses says to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant, you know, in these intervening minutes in which he's shown all these miracles. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. Oh my gosh. Friends, if you are feeling called in any one direction, um, oh, one direction. Uh, gosh, stop, Kelsey. Uh, but if you're feeling called in a certain direction, then um, remember, if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, who am I to do this? I can't do this. I am faulty or not qualified or any number of limits, uh, limiting beliefs like that, then remember that the God of Moses, God of Abraham, God of the Old Testament and new, um, the same God that was speaking to Moses is speaking to you and saying, who gave humans their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. So um, I'm kind of being reminded of uh, this a little snapback sentence that a mentor in college gave me. He was like, Kelsey, don't be so arrogant to think about, well, he was specifically saying, don't be so arrogant to think that people are thinking about you all the time. But his point was kind of in light of me fearing failure or embarrassment so much, but just have a, a lower view of self, higher view of God, I would recommend it because he is the one that created and gave you each of your attributes to use for his glory. And he will be faithful to teach you how to use them in the moment. So I wanted to encourage you with that. And last piece of uh, piece of passage, piece of scripture I wanted to mention is Joshua 1 verse 9, chapter 1 verse 9. Um, and this is at the beginning of the book of Joshua, as Joshua is being appointed by God as the new leader of the Israelites after Moses died. And I'll actually start in chapter 1, verse 7, to give you a little more of the context that God is first commissioning Joshua to be obedient and faithful to God's commandments um, before he gives the promise. So in verse 7, he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey uh, all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go like, wow, amazing. Uh, God is first telling us to be obedient and faithful to his commandments. And that is a step that we cannot throw out. <laughs> um, but whenever we are faithful to him, like, oh my gosh, he says, um, you may be successful wherever you go. Um, and verse eight, uh, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
verse 9. Here's the kicker. Have I memorized this one? I would recommend it. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That was actually the verse for the dwell um, memorization of scripture service that I subscribed to. And Vera Schmidt, she was the, um, I interviewed her a couple episodes ago. I would highly recommend it. She um, designs the coolest temporary tattoos every month. And that helped me. That was the only thing that really helped me memorize scripture. And anyway. Verse uh, Joshua 1 verse 9 was the passage last month, and it has been so encouraging to me. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So um, let me just say, though, I'm not necessarily trying to pump it up as if all of us are walking around like little Moseses or King Davids or whatnot, but we should just be as faithful dedicated and reverent to the work that we are called to as the work they were called to. <laughs> like We should hold that same amount of responsibility and dedication to it, no matter if we're called to, I don't know, be a career coach like me or to lead a, um, a whole group of people out from slavery. Uh, either way, I'm called to have the exact same dedication and reverence for the work that I'm called to um, as the characters in the Old Testament. Um, not to say that I'm going to have all the glory and notability in scripture and history that they do. That's not the point. The outcome is not my business to worry about. My dedication to it and my faith in God above my faith in my limitations, that is my duty. And we should remember that we serve the same God uh, that, oh, that we serve and are called by the same God who called and provided for them. So anyway, back to getting to the psychological mental ninja that tools that we're going to give you to um, help you with the more technical side of things. So um, I just always appreciate starting with scripture because I feel like that could be um, more encouraging than anything else. But um, now uh, I'm going to go ahead with the tools that I mentioned. So um, I want to first say I didn't make these up. I learned most of what I'm about to share with you from my coaching certification training with the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, otherwise known as IPEC. Um, so I wanted to be sure to attribute the following concepts to what they teach in their curriculum, like very rigorous nine-month curriculum. So I learned all this from them. I did not make this up. So credit where credit is due check. Here we go. So here are the four types of mental blocks that hold you back. Interpretations, assumptions, limiting beliefs, and gremlins. I'll say it again. So one, <laughs> interpretations. Two, assumptions. Three, limiting beliefs. Four, gremlins. 
Like, what? What is that? I'll tell you. So I'll go through each mental block to inform you about what it is, how it works, and exactly what you could do to move past it so you could get on with your awesome, impactful, satisfactory called career. Here we go. Let's start with interpretations. So interpretations are an opinion or judgment that you create about an event, situation, person, or experience and believe it to be true. So I'll give you an example. This will make it crystal clear exactly what an interpretation is. Although just in summary, it's like you um, have something happen and you interpret or judge and make an opinion about what all that meant that, and you really believe it to be true, although it might not be so true. It's just your interpretation of how things went down. So example, I'll give one from my personal life. So yesterday even, <laughs> I, I do this all the time. I'm working on it. I was telling someone about what I do, that being I serve as a career coach to young professionals, helping them understand what a calling is from a Christian perspective and create a career that's aligned with it. And I happened to catch myself in a nasty interpretation because I interpreted that the older man that I was talking to, um, I interpreted that his kind of direct and somewhat um, awkward communication style uh, was kind of condescending, I felt, or disapproving. And at first I thought, oh, just another older person that thinks I am an entitled millennial that needs to collect a head of gray hair before I am qualified to dish out advice. When in reality, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish that people would just realize that career coach career coaching is actually a technical competency that I am trained in. It's not like I'm dishing out advice um, from like a 50-year career. Um, it's not personal. It's a competency just like therapy is. And um, I had to walk away from that conversation, you know, politely and concluded it. And after taking a minute to clear my thoughts, I looked back and I actually observed, I just took a minute to observe his communication style with others. And it was the same. It, it just seemed like his style to be like very direct, um, kind of, I felt it, it was kind of like looking down on me or I, I interpreted his expressions to be somewhat disapproving, but his face and his cadence of speech, they really looked the same even whenever he was speaking among peers, you know, other old white guys that are industry leaders of sorts. <laughs> and that's why I was like, calm down, Kelsey, put down your guns. Like, you probably didn't think anything poorly of you. If he did, it's not my business to wonder about it. But, you know, I think that's just his style. It doesn't have to mean anything deep about me. It really doesn't. But um, that's an example of an interpretation um, as a mental block that we go through. Um, and, you know, if you collect these interpretations over time, you can really build that up to mean something about yourself. Uh, and that can develop into one of these other mental blocks, um, like a really solid belief about myself as if I am uh, incompetent and will never be approved of by older um 
like, I don't know, experienced specifically men or something. Um, it could get out of hand. So it's really important to address these interpretations as they come through the following steps. Here is it what you could do to immediately start to reduce the power that you are giving an interpretation. One, ask yourself, what is another way to look at this? Two, maybe you could do what I did and kind of see how that person or event is playing out in other situations. It might not be personal at all. That could just be that person's style. Um, And think another thing. Ask yourself, what would someone else say or think about this situation? You could go ahead and ask your friend, a mentor, or even someone who might have witnessed that same event that triggered this interpretation. Like, what did you think about that? And like, don't put your own bias or flavor on it. Just ask them. And um, they probably didn't think anything of it. it. It probably is nothing out of the ordinary. Doesn't mean anything personal about you. And the last thing I would suggest you ask yourself to take away the power that you're kind of spinning up in this interpretation is what would someone who had the completely opposite viewpoint from mine say about this situation? Play the devil's advocate for yourself and kind of look at things from a different angle. So in in my mind, in my situation, I could have thought of, okay, I, I see his friend over there. Uh, what would they think about it? Probably nothing. Probably like, oh, this guy's just talking as he normally does. So I'll go ahead and move on to next assumptions. Here's what an assumption is. They are an expectation that because something that has, wait, I'll start over. (laughs) An assumption is an expectation that just because something has happened in the past, it will happen again. So example, Maybe you're looking at a cool job posting on LinkedIn for a film production company and think, I have never been able to get a job in film, so maybe I should just try for something else. I probably wouldn't be able to get this job anyway. But first, be realistic with yourself. Did you just apply to three jobs and just because you didn't get those three jobs, you don't think that you will ever get a job like it? Um, Have you pulled out the big guns and tried to network and get a warm intro or a, a recommendation from someone who works at that company? Probably not. You probably have other options and avenues to explore to achieve your goal. You're really, I would recommend holding yourself to the standard where you're not allowed to think it's impossible until you've thoroughly researched the best job hunting tips specifically for that industry, tried them all multiple times, like heck, even gone to 10 related networking events and sent out like 50 emails and maybe just as many job applications, Um, at which point after you've exhausted all of that um, and you still haven't gotten it, I I mean, I would guess that you would have gotten a job by that point. But, um, you know, just I think it's probably not impossible. You Maybe you're just not willing to do the work, which is okay if you didn't really want that job that badly in the first place, but go ahead and take this opportunity to figure out what you really want to do, what you really have a lot of motivation behind, and then go after that with all you've got. And by all means, beware of assumptions that just because you don't get the first 
get any responses for the first 10 job apps that you send out, it doesn't mean that you never will keep on trying. So that's an example um, that I actually hear in that context a lot um, of an assumption. So if you are struggling with an assumption, simply ask yourself, just because this has happened in the past, why must it happen again? I think that the theme here is with assumptions, it's pretty simple to address if you just uh, give it a healthy dose of a, a little challenge, a little pushback, like, wait, it just because this has happened in the past, why does it have to happen again? And oftentimes, if you really just say exactly what you are assuming to be true out loud, and then literally out loud, ask yourself, just because this has happened in the past, why must it happen again? At least whenever I go through that with clients, 100% of the time, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that totally doesn't have to be true. Okay, I'm ready to go hit it again, and I am not going to let myself step down and step back into that assumption that this is just never going to happen for me. So give it that simple challenge. And next, I'm going to talk about the third mental block, which is limiting beliefs. And I earlier in the episode at the beginning, you probably heard me just referring to all of these as limiting beliefs because, you know, there's some theme of that in all of them. But this is the kind of technical definition of a limiting belief. Um, it is something that you accept as true about life, yourself, the world, or the people in it that limits you in some way. Pretty simple, right? But here's the deal. Limiting beliefs are something that it's similar to uh, the theme in assumptions or interpretations, but it's often just a long record of assumptions or interpretations that you haven't processed and worked through that end up crystallizing themselves in some kind of identity level limiting belief like I'm just never I'm never going to be smart enough to get a job at that company as an example um, so yeah these often come from a collection of interpretations and assumptions that you've subconsciously build up, built up over the years as proof that you unfortunately suck in some way friends that not that is not true so I really hope that you um, experience freedom from Um, taking the thoughtful steps outlined in this episode because I am excited to hear hopefully from you to um, hear that just some simple challenging and rethinking of these things shows you that you don't have to believe these forever they're not necessarily true they're really not so play devil's advocate for yourself in this (laughs) it'll be good so anyway Um, ask yourself if you're identifying a limiting belief, like I just, uh, for instance, don't believe I am going to be smart enough. I'm just not smart enough to do something like that. Ask yourself, how true is that really? Magic five words right there. How true is that really? Just challenge it, really. Oftentimes with these fears and limiting beliefs, we just let them stay vague and scary and expansive in our head. But if you say exactly what you believe to be true about yourself, that's the first powerful step. It's probably the most productive one, actually. It really is transformative for people to just say, here's what I'm really believing about myself that just comes up in a swarm of self-depreciating thoughts every day and then just challenge how true is that really 
where, here's another question, where did that idea come from? And think about it and write down any and all evidence you could find that the opposite of this belief is true. So whatever the limiting belief is, do this. uh, Actually, a mentor had me do this. And it was, I think it really did change my life because I honestly have not struggled with this at all since I did this um, did this exercise. Like all my life, I struggled with this thought: like I am such a black sheep. Like I am always the out person on in a group. Like I'm the butt of the jokes. And I think that any evidence I found for that was really just this self-fulfilling prophecy that came from my core belief that there's something missing in me that everyone else has. And um, I think that at the core, I'm just too weird or too something or other. (laughs) I'm a quirky girl. But anyways, wow, that was the most awkward thing I could have said. But um, I've just genuinely experienced so much freedom from that. And I haven't thought about it at all since I took the time to sit down, (coughs) excuse me, took the time to sit down and write out 100 reasons that I am not a black sheep. Uh, that was that was crazy. I think I only got to like 75 or something. But by that time, the point had been made. And all of the subconscious strongholds that had been undone in that exercise really have allowed me to have freedom and just not even think about that struggle struggle at all, probably in the year since I did that. So write down, like go for it, write down a hundred reasons why this limiting belief is not true about you. And another question to ask yourself, how has this belief affected you? Are you willing to let this belief limit you in this way for the rest of your life? Ask yourself, are you ready to take a small but mighty step to prove that the opposite is true? And five, ask yourself, what are you going to do to prove it wrong this week? This is absolutely essential to excuse me, to have lasting change on any one of these four uh, limiting type mental blocks is you have to put these new beliefs and your new mental model into action immediately. So decide how you are going to implement this in the next week or better yet, the next day or two. Um, So, and lastly, ask yourself, how can you remind yourself or tell yourself in the moment if what can, or sorry, here, what can you do to remind yourself or tell yourself in the moment if it threatens to hold you back this week? So have that kind of line of truth, that new resolve, that new updated belief on the ready any time the old belief sneaks back in and tries to tear you down um, it, whenever you're in a moment of pressure. Okay, so that is that for questions you could ask yourself and steps you could take to overcome and reform limiting beliefs. And next, the last part is gremlins. And if you are anything like me, whenever I first heard gremlins, I was like, what the flip is this demonic crap? Like, this is so weird. Why are you calling it a gremlin? There you go. Like, honest peek into my my thoughts. But, um, so uh, 
ignore the name or name it something else if it helps you. But it's just kind of like this, um, uh, I guess a funny name for or title for this theme of your inner critic. So a gremlin or your gremlin messages, as I say, are your inner critic that tells you in one way or another that you are not good enough. (laughs) And an example of this is they'll think I'm stupid or that message that always seems to come up that says, I'm not qualified for that, or I could never do that. Um, All of those things. Is there a message that if you really think about it, if you boil it down and think back over your experience of what thought comes to mind whenever you're about to put yourself out there in any capacity, but then you don't? Because what? What is the message or the story that comes up? For the longest time, for me, it was, I'm not qualified to do that, or they'll think I'm crazy. And since I have done this gremlin exercise and done the work to resolve it, um, I, once again, in the last year and a half, or yeah, maybe over a year and a half since I've done this, I have hardly thought about that once. Really, truly, something that I've struggled with my whole life. <laughs> I I didn't think about it. So, um, yeah, speaks to the power of doing this stuff. So, if you're like, "What the heck? This gremlin thing is so weird," just suspend your disbelief for a second, or you being weirded out, and just follow these instructions, and you know, see what relief you get from it. So. Um, but I'm sure that you could identify with this kind of inner critic or central message, um, limiting belief, if you will, that just comes up all the time uh, as this message. Um, that is what we'll call a gremlin. So, uh, how to actually effectively heal the gremlin message is a whole in-depth transformative process that I honestly reserve for my private coaching clients. Um, And also, it's not just like I could give you all the steps over a podcast and you'd be healed forever, but there are some steps that you could take to start experiencing some relief and a healthier mindset around this. But it really is this process something to do with a trained professional coach. It is not necessarily something to do on your own, but like I said, I'll give you a few tidbits to start thinking about today. So one big powerful step is first, you need to acknowledge it exists and identify the exact message. This gremlin message is probably so, it's been going on for so long that it just seems like it's a part of your identity now. So just identifying it as a message or a story that consistently comes up, or just calling it like, this is a belief that I have about myself, you're taking away some of the power. So Further disable its power by naming it. Um, I mean, some clients, they'll they'll name it something funny. So it's like, oh, Juanita or whatever. Um, Like, for example, my message is Juanita and it likes to come around and tell me I'm stupid. Um, That's an example. So it really disables the power of it to name it and see it as separate from yourself. This is not a part of your identity. It is simply a story or a common 
kind of offensive message that your brain consistently brings up to you. Um, it is not who you are. So go ahead and just identify that this is a story. <laughs> this is also kind of getting into cognitive behavioral therapy that I've benefited from a lot. Um, and maybe some of you have experienced, but this is really important. So it, it really is like you are not your thoughts. They are not your identity. Your brain is just constantly filtering in and filtering out stories that it's hurling at you all day long, nonstop. So just acknowledge that this is a part of that whole cycle <laughs> and acknowledge actually this is pretty cool acknowledge how the message might be trying to protect you from something but also acknowledge that the type or the extent of the protection is no longer necessary or appropriate so for instance like with the juanita like gremlin always telling me i'm stupid for example um what is that trying to protect me from? Potentially, and for most people, they kind of boil it down to, I think that it's just trying to stop me from putting myself out there too much to protect me from Im potential embarrassment. So for that, thank you, brain. Okay, literally, thank your brain that it's designed to try to make valiant efforts at protecting you from embarrassment. It just happens to be out of bounds and no longer necessary or appropriate for the goals that you have for your life. Like, I don't need it to hold me back this much or at all. Like, I, I don't need to believe I'm stupid anymore. Uh, it's okay if I get embarrassed or don't have a perfect response to what I do. 100% of the time, but I'm striking out all the time. You know, you wait, what is that like stupid? Is it a quote from the office? Like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Basically tell your gremlin message that. <laughs> and um, so that that is an example of this step that is really, really powerful to um, just say like, wow, okay, if Juanita is always coming around and telling me I'm stupid, it's trying to protect me so I don't put myself out there too much in embarrassment and embarrass myself. But since I know that I am able to be clever and competent with at least like, I know I'm good at speaking and math. Uh, I know I'm not an overall stupid person. So even though I don't really read very fast, this is a personal example, by the way, because um, I have had like self-consciousness that I'm not a really fast reader, although I do retain a lot of what I read, but I'm a very slow reader, um, but I'm quick in other areas, so I don't have to think I'm stupid. <laughs> um, and although... And I also know not just that stuff, but I know I'm a hard worker and that I could do a competent job at whatever I set my mind to. So the I'm stupid message is no longer appropriate as I know I could put myself out there and do a good job at least the vast majority of the time. So in that example, I wanted to share this next step of demonstrating it's time to identify a new and more productive way to channel the energy that was being devoted to the old gremlin message. So express gratitude that the gremlin message is there and trying to protect you. Um, and then form your new message uh, that 
you are now dedicating the energy that was once dedicated to believing in that gremlin message of I'm stupid, for example, that's not all of them. Uh, it's different for each person. But um, and re- redirect that energy to committing it to saying, you know what, I am competent in this, this and this. And I know that if I put myself out there, I'll work hard and I'll do a pretty good job. So just have well, I would recommend making it more succinct and something that you really have energy and belief behind. You could do it. Just work on that new message. Um, And so go ahead and say, this was the old message. Say it out loud. Thanks for trying to protect me. No longer appropriate. And I am moving forward and acting on the truth, which is, and then state the new gremlin message. So Realize that the old gremlin message and the old story might be something that continues to rear its head every once in a while, and that's okay. It's just a story that's kind of a habit uh, that your brain has made to throw at you every once in a while, so it's okay if it comes back up, and just be ready to say, ah, the old I'm an idiot story. (laughs) Hey, old friend, go back to sleep because I am competent. I am a competent, honest person that could do a good job at whatever I set my mind to. So that's the example right there of what, how I would handle that kind of mental interaction of like, ah, okay, the old, like, I'm stupid story is back. It's okay. You could, and like, Juanita, go back to sleep. It's fine. I, I know that I could handle this. I'm a competent person and I could do a good job at whatever I set my mind to. So, ta-da! I am finished talking about the four common mental blocks that we all deal with and how to move past them. So if you take some time this week to uh, go ahead and download that free guide that is in the show notes and you thoroughly go through all these steps, do some journaling, go through this with a friend, talk this out with each other, make new commitments and affirm, help each other affirm what's really true. Um, Then you will experience massive freedom. And this is the first step that you need to heal the mental emotional side before you can start to experience the career options that you once perceived as limited, really expand and a whole new world can start to open up to you so that you could move forward with first realizing, like having the openness and presence of mind to um, hear the calling that's being delivered to you. Um, And that could be like, in a kind of mystical sense of like prayer and hearing from the Lord, but uh, also more likely than not, uh, you're going to be ready and open to do the work to really look at your talents and your spiritual gifts and your core values and your personality and other personal attributes honestly and appreciate them and then honestly take a look at your core passions that you just can't shake and you absolutely love and definitely want to integrate in your career. And you will be open and ready enough to say, hey, here's the facts. I am ready to get creative and operate on these in my career. And you're going to say, hey, after laying out all these facts about myself, you know what? I really do want to get a job at that film production company. 
even though I got my degree in accounting and I I feel pigeonholed, allow yourself to go through these exercises and I bet you will no longer feel like you have to be pigeonholed for the rest of your life. You're going to be ready to accept the new message of what is true and what you could do and you're going to give yourself permission to be creative and ambitious and find new ways. You don't have to accept the limiting beliefs that people maybe even put on you. Like you can never make an industry leap like that. You can't build a business whenever you're in your early 20s. Or um, for me, you can't be a career coach and genuinely help people if you um, are don't have a head full of gray hair and decades of experience in um, a even unrelated career. That's been weird. People kind of are like, why didn't you just stay in consulting and t- for 10 more years? And then maybe you could give people advice about your career or how to handle their career. And I'm like, wait, what, what benefit would that have spending 10 more years depleting all my energy, running down my health in an unrelated profession to what I know I actually want to do? Why don't I just start going long and hard, building up a breadth a uh, wide breadth in a career that I actually care about. The time is now to start building that. So anyway, that's kind of a, a personal relation that I have to um, what these limiting beliefs mean to me. So if you are similarly experiencing people putting limiting beliefs on you, just do this work for yourself and have the resolve to know what is true about you, know what is true about what you could really go out there and get. And remember that you follow the God, you are a child of the God that says, who created that mouth? I will tell you how to speak with it. Who created those hands? I will show you how to craft excellent things with them for his glory. Like he will show you the way um, and he will call you to a career that is more meaningful than you can imagine because it has an eternal impact when done unto the Lord. So that is my motivational message for you straight from the heart. <laughs> um, and don't forget to download the free guide summaring, summarizing all these points and action steps. And click the link in the show notes, uh, which, like I said, is also called the details section of this podcast to download that guide. And also, if you're thinking, wow, I am starting to realize that I don't have to be stuck in this draining job, and I'm ready to explore what vocation God designed me for to work best in uh, for maximum impact and satisfaction, then now is the perfect time to take action on that and realize that it's time to work with me to identify the exact vocation that's aligned with your interests, passions, attributes, values, and talents, and so many other things that we consider thoroughly in my one-on-one coaching process programs and create an action plan to get you there ASAP. So we get it down to the practicals. Um, And so go ahead and check out my three-week intensive or my seven-week deep dive coaching packages on my website, kelseykemp.com slash one-one-coaching, one-on-one coaching with some dashes in between. That is Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, Kemp, K-E-M as in mother, P as in Peter. Uh, I always have to say that. 
I don't know why my like last name doesn't really come across when spoken, but anyways, slash one-on-one coaching to learn more and apply for a free consultation. That link is also in the show notes. So Anyway, I look forward to hearing from you. If not on a one-on-one coaching consultation, then I hope from an Instagram message or an email letting me know how this inter- the interview, what, how this podcast episode impacted you. I actually received an email last week from, wait, I want to say her name correctly. I want to give you a shout out. Beatrice. Oh yes. Okay. Beatrice. I was just looking at my inbox and she was letting me know the sweetest updates about how the episode I did on core values impacted her. And whenever I receive emails like that, it just absolutely makes my day. And really, I like I said in the beginning, I am not doing this work for outcome or for glory or anything because whenever you're called, it's for the Lord and that is glory enough. But really, it is such an encouragement to hear from you guys and just to hear that the seeds I'm planting are making fruit. So that was such an encouragement. Thank you for emailing me, Beatrice, and I look here look forward to hearing from more of you guys. Anyway, I hope that you have a blessed week.